Second Peter, sorry, First Peter chapter 2. Amen. Looks like school started this week as you look at the congregation. Amen. Some are started already. Some start tomorrow, I believe. So I guess some are making preparations, getting their kids in bed early. So I said some started today, right? And I think some start tomorrow. I want to talk about being set apart tonight, amen? And I uh, actually was preaching this message kind of with specific um, thinking of praying over our, our teens and people going to school, but a lot of them are not here tonight. So um, we'll just preach the message anyways. And even Joelle, the one that wanted it to be done, is not here. But we're gonna, we're, we'll pray for those that are here, amen? So I want to talk about being set apart 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Amen. How many know this is a continuous uh, mindset that we have to have, that we are not of this world? Amen. We live in this world. We function in this world. We breathe in this world. But we're not of this world. Amen. We are of the kingdom of God. We're set apart tonight. And God calls us in his word to be different. Look at what this verse says. Second, first, sorry, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You are a chosen generation. That's exciting to know that we've chosen by God. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. There's a, there's a good verse right there to read when you get a little discouraged. When you feel like you're not um, anybody, go read what that verse says right there that says you're chosen. Some people never got chosen for anything when it comes to sports or, or anything like that. They didn't get chosen, but God chose us, praise God. And it says we're a royal priesthood and a holy nation, his own special people. I think this, this I'm going to read another part of the verse here, but this is important to grab. His own special people. So what we, when we think about that, if we're special in God's eyes, we should want to be different from the world. We should understand, not in a prideful way, but in a, in a humble way, understand that we are uh, above everybody else. Amen. If you ever walked away from God, you would be stepping down. Amen. If I ever, if I ever had the opportunity to have any kind of office um, in, in presidential or Congress or, or even be a president of a business or anything like that, a corporation, I would have to step down from being a pastor. I would be stepping down to that position. If you, if you left God and went to do anything else, you'd be stepping down because we are the highest. The Bible says we are above and not below. And we are different, amen? We are special. We are, we are uh, God's chosen people. And so we, when we think about that, as we walk out into the world every day, we have to think like that and say, God, I represent you. Amen? I represent you every day. As we go back to school, as we work, as we go outside of these four doors, as we leave our house, we think, God, I represent you tonight. As I go out into this world, I am an ambassador of you. And that should be our mentality and our attitude. And, then, and, and so then it goes on to say, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. That's the key right there. Amen. Look what that says there. That you are called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Okay, we're not in darkness anymore. And so that means if we were called out of darkness tonight... That means we're no longer in the darkness, we're in the light, but how many know that we can go back 
into darkness. If we have come out of darkness, we can go back to darkness. And so we have to set ourselves apart. I love this picture because this person is out in front of everybody else. This person has the, the shadow behind them, and, and that's how we should look. When, when somebody looks at us in a group of people, we should be set apart. In our actions, in our words, in, in the way we carry ourselves, especially how we love. Can you say amen? We should be set apart. And so there's a picture there that the people in the background are in the dark, but we are in the light. And so our, our focus and our goal and our challenge for the rest of our days has to be this, that we don't go back to that crowd back there, that we stay out in front, that we stay set apart, that we understand we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and that we've come out of darkness and we're not going to go back into darkness. We're going to stay in the light. Amen? How many know that's important tonight? I mean, we need to really understand what we are tonight. That, I think sometimes... When we begin to fail, it's because we forget who we are. We need to go back in and read. You know, it'd be like somebody who's a, a Marine or a Navy SEAL or an elect person in, in the military or somebody who's an all-star in sports or somebody who's famous as a singer and, and, and they would forget that what got them there. Amen. And they and they might be, they would forget that that they they if they don't if they don't keep doing what they do they're going to go back to the way they were they're going to fade in kind of like those singers who are one hit wonders, right? Some people have been singing for fifty years and they're still famous. Some people had one song that was famous and you never hear about them again. I don't want to be a one hit wonder with God. I want to be I want to be serving Him all the days of my life. Amen. I want to be set apart. I want to be different. I want to be looked upon by the world and say, there's something they got I don't have. What is it? But that's an attitude that we have to have. Let's go to 1 John chapter 5. Set apart. Set apart. Not better. Not better. We're not better than anybody else. How many know if we're saved tonight, it's by God's grace. Amen. None of us are better than this world. But the, and the, the thing is, the world can come out too. That's our job tonight. We're, our job is to be set apart. Now, this is an important part. Before we read this next thing to think about, this is important. We are called to be set apart, and we should be living in a way that would want people to come be with us. If we're not living different than the world, they can't tell the difference. We have to be like Christ. We have to set ourselves apart. That's what he's saying here. We have to have something in us that's different. So let's look at 1 John chapter 5. Sorry, chapter 1. I apologize. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. You mean amen if you're there? Let's read this. It says, Then this is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. Say at all. Amen. None. Exact. None at all. So if we say, he says in verse 6, that we have fellowship with him, if we say I'm with him and walk in darkness, then we lie and do not have the truth. So if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not and do not tell the truth. So this is not something we say to be set apart. It's something we do. How we live, how we act, how we walk is what sets us apart. Verse 7. 
But if, now there's the condition. We, we talk about that a lot. There's the condition. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. What a beautiful verse that is. Amen? He, he cleanses us from all of our sin. So again, I can be in the light, but I have to continue to walk in the light. I have to stay in the light. And, I, and if I don't stay in the light, I can go back to darkness. Okay? And if I'm in darkness, I'm not with God. If I'm walking with God like I say I am, I am in the light. If I'm in the light, then I'm walking with God. But at any moment, I can say, you know what? I don't want to walk in light anymore. I don't want to walk in truth anymore. I'm not going to abide with God. If I'm walking in truth and walking with God, I am visible. I am seen. I'm set apart. But if I begin to say, I'm not going to be like God anymore, then I fade back into the darkness again. And that's where we don't want to be. We want to be set apart unto God. Now let's look at verse 8. Some of these verses are going to be verses you've heard many times. If we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So, so what, what he's saying here is if I'm trying to set myself apart, I'm not setting myself apart as somebody, who, again, who's better than somebody else. I'm just forgiven. What sets us apart from this world? We're forgiven. And why are we forgiven? Verse, verse 9, if, and there's the, there's the clause again, there's the, the, uh, the condition, if we confess our sins... He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So here's an important thing. How do we stay in the light? We stay confessing our sins. We stay transparent before God. We stay saying, Lord, I can't make it without you. Amen. Now let's go over to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And I want to show you what our call is. Kind of talked about that mission on Sunday, if you should accept it, like that Mission Impossible movie, if you should accept the call, the mission. How many know he calls us and we have to answer? Many are called, few are chosen. That doesn't mean that he doesn't choose us. It means that we don't choose him. We don't follow through. We don't do what we're supposed to do. So Philippians 2.15, shout amen if you're there says that you may, here's an important word, become blameless and harmless. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. When it is dark, Really, really dark. And how many, how many know we live in a dark world right now? There's a lot of, lot of darkness, spiritual darkness, a lot of, lot of perversion, a lot of crazy things going on, a lot of things being twisted, a lot of truth being manipulated. The more dark it is outside, the more bright a light shines, the more visible it is. And so it may be a daunting task. We talked about that task Sunday morning to go and preach the gospel to the whole world. It's a, it's a task that seems impossible. But the more dark it is, the more light our light shines. And so we, we, the closer we get to God, the more real we are with God, the brighter our light shines, the more we charge up those batteries, and the more visible the truth and the hope comes. And, and then they'll be looking and saying, because when somebody's in darkness and they don't want to be in darkness anymore, they want to find light. 
So when they see it, they go to it. And we need to be that person that they can come to, that they can come out of the darkness and into the light too. Amen? So he says we're in a crooked and a perverse generation, but we can shine like lights in the world. But I like how it says there in the beginning that we may become blameless and harmless. That means it's a process. How many are in the process of becoming blameless and harmless tonight? How many know that's a process that's for life? It's that standard that we're reaching up to. Now, I'm, I'm having you go around quite a bit, but I, wanna, I want you to go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And I want to kind of put this in perspective. The Bible calls out somebody in the, in the Bible that was set apart and decided to go back into darkness. This is, this is why it's so important that we understand we have to continue to walk. We have not made it just because we made a decision to follow Christ. If I've served God for 25 years, it doesn't matter if I don't finish. I say that to you all the time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. 25 years doesn't mean anything if I don't finish. It's like running a marathon and finishing the 26.2 miles and you, and you go 25. You competed in the marathon, but you did not finish it. Amen? How many know if you don't finish it, you don't get a prize? So we have to understand that being set apart means I have a mentality every day that I'm going to stay set apart. The world is pulling on us. It's like a magnet. It's almost like the world's off balance, and, and it's easy to fall and slide back to the old ways. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That's why we have to pray. That's why we talk about reading the Bible. That's why we talk about staying in church and staying in fellowship, because if you go a few days or a few weeks without going to church, without praying, without reading the Bible, you are going to find out that you are all the way back to where you were before. And it's just like a diet. You can lose 10 pounds, it take you six months. And you can gain 10 pounds back in six days. You can get so close to God, you can get so strong for God, you can get so on fire for God, and it'll, and t- it'll take a long time to get that way. And then all of a sudden, you can begin to make some bad mistakes, and quickly before you know it, you're back to where you were, where you were again. It pulls further. Amen. It pulls. It's, it's pull. The world's pulling on us. The devil's not just going to say, oh, it's okay if you're in the light. He wants us to come back into darkness. And we see in the Bible there's more darkness than there is light. There is. It doesn't have to be that way, but it is because a lot of times people are more attracted to the darkness than the light. And so our call is to not be, like we see here in the Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 4, like Demas. How many have ever heard of Demas. This is a man in the Bible who was called out by the apostles. And I want to show you something. I I preached this several years ago, but it's, it's important that we keep Demas in our minds because I don't want to be like Demas. Look what this verse says in chapter 4 of 2 Timothy, verse 10. It says, Demas has forsaken me. You see that? Demas has forsaken me. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 10. Y'all see that? Demas has forsaken me. Now, this is an interesting thing about the Bible. Paul did not have a problem saying his name. He didn't say a guy has forsaken me. He said his name. He said, Demas has forsaken me. And then he says, how? Look what it says. He says, having loved this present world. Okay? So, We see there that he has gone back to the old ways. 
And you might say, well, how do you know he went back? Well, well, let's go to Colossians chapter 4. Actually, let me, you can go there, but I don't want you to take too much time. If you can just write it down, I'll go through this real quick. In Colossians 4 verse 14, we see that he's listed and greeted by the church at Coloss. So it means, meaning that he is in the faith. You see those verses where it says, greetings to this man, greetings to this woman. He's greeting them, so he's, he's a brother. He's involved. He's serving He's set apart. And then it says in Philemon, verse 24, that he is called a fellow worker of Paul. So it says that he's set apart there again. He's living for the Lord. He's walking in the light, just like we read in the, the previous verses. But then we see in 2 Timothy chapter 4 that he's identified as a deserter from the Lord's work. He's somebody who, the Bible says, loved this present world. And so what it means is he went back to his first love, which was the world, instead of staying with his first love, Jesus. Can't have two loves. Can't serve two masters. And so at some point, this man is serving, and the reason we know that is Colossians and Philemon were written in the years 60 and 61 A.D., and 2 Timothy chapter 4 was written in the year 67 A.D. So the verses that talk about him being part of the work and being involved and being a servant and being a fellow person who's set apart are earlier, and then seven years later we see that Timothy says, Paul says, Demas has forsaken us. He's forsaken, and basically what he's saying is he's gone back to the darkness. And that's something we always have to have in our minds and in our spirits, okay? Listen, there's teaching out there, church. There's teaching out there that says we can't go back. It says we cannot go back and, and, and what, what would be called lose our salvation. God doesn't lose us. He, didn't, he knows where we're at. We go back to where we were before. We go and desert him. We, we go back into the darkness, God, God never leaves us. We leave God. And, but there's teachings out there that, so we, that we can't. And then they'll tell you, well, well, Demas was never even saved. That's what they'll tell you. Well, he, he never really knew the Lord. Paul doesn't tell us in the Scriptures that because we see there that it says he's a fellow worker. He's involved in the work. And so we, we have to say, I'm not going to be like him. I'm going to be like Paul who stays in the work and goes all the way to the end. Now, this is important. We're not told what was exactly his thing that pulled him back. We don't see a specific sin. We don't see a specific attitude. We just see that the world, present world, pulled on him, and it caused him to go back. I think of this when I, when I read this, of, of costly love affairs. You know, there's a lot of affairs that happen in the world, and they're costly not only to that family, had a neighbor in our, in, our, in, our, in our neighborhood just this week call me over. Call me and, and, and texted me and asked me to come over and pray for his cousin and his wife because of an affair that had happened. Now you talk about awkward walking into a couple you've never met and having to counsel them right there on the spot. And I just began to talk to them and pray for them and, and I said, how long have y'all been married? And they said a year. I was thinking five, ten years, just a year. And, and, and she's crying, and, and, I, and I prayed for them and everything. But that costly affair, an affair does not just hurt the family, those two people. The, an affair hurts the whole church. 
An affair hurts the whole neighborhood. An affair hurts the whole, whole city. An affair affects the world. A costly affair. What Demas did, this is what's important. Demas was set apart, and when he was set apart, he had a bunch of people. Listen to this. When you're set apart, people are watching you. People are admiring you. People are, you, you don't, might, might not realize it, and this is important for us to realize. Right now, you might think, because we're so hard on ourselves, man, ain't nobody watching me. I'm not doing anything for God. But when you set yourself apart and you say that you're a believer and you begin to change things in your life, your coworkers are watching those things. Your family's watching those things. You, you, you begin to see, you know, we, we, I think about Cassie's quinceanera on Saturday night where, where all these family members are there and so many of, of, of our people in our church that, that used to go to those things and used to live different at those things. What a difference in how you carry yourself now to the way you carried yourself before you met Jesus. I love what Chris said that one time. He said, your new, your new Christ person in Christ shouldn't want to want to hang out with your old person. They shouldn't like each other. But today, how many know we, we're in a church world where, where the, the old person and the new person get along? There's not a whole lot of change. Come on, don't shout me down. It's true. We should hate that old person. I, I've said it many times. I, 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 would not, I know I would not like my old self. Arrogant, prideful, jerk. I didn't know it. Thank God I'm a new, cre- new creation in Christ. And he's telling us we should be different. We should be set apart. We should not be like that old person. So Demas has a love affair with who? With the world. He loved that world. And, and listen, we can be honest. There might be some things in our past that will call on us and pull on us. And if we're honest, that we liked it or, or it, it's, a, it's an attraction for a temporary moment, it will pull on us. But I can tell you this, the more you walk with God and the longer you stay saved, the less you like that old way. If you, there, there's, there's, some, there's some humps you can get over. When I counsel married couples, I tell them there's certain ages, certain years. How long you've been married? Five years, eight years, 12 years. There's certain age, there's certain times in your marriage where it, it goes down, it gets bumpy, and then it gets better. And then as those years go on, it gets better and it gets better and it gets better because you get, you get that maturity. It's the same with your walk with God. The reason so many Christians don't make it is because they don't get past those first few years. And once you get past a few years, you start thinking, man, that's not as attractive anymore to me. But you know what? Here's an important point. You've got to get away from it long enough for it to not be attractive anymore. If you hang around it and you do those things you used to do, then you're not going to know the difference. So think about this. Loving the world carries a very high price. It carries a very high price. James 4.4 says, friendship with the world is enmity with God. Enmity with God. He says, he says, whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. How would our walks change if we'd begin to think before we did something that was wrong that I was cheating on God? How many, how many know our walks would change? They should. Our walks would be different, church, if we would begin to think, man, I'm not just making a mistake here. I'm not just sinning. I'm cheating on God. I'm having an affair on the person that I love. I'm being unfaithful to this person. And not just a person, God. So he says, he says, you adulterers, you adulteresses. 
He says, whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. We have to set ourselves apart. That's every day. Listen, that's everywhere. That's in everything. It's not who we're hanging out with. It's not, well, I'm going to be holy when I'm around holy people. The true test is how do you act when you're around unbelievers? Are you, are you still set apart? You can, be a group, you can be in a group of people at your work and still be set apart. You can be in a group of people at school and still be set apart. Amen? You, you, the Bible says we have to live in this world. We can't, we can't go out of this world. We can't go hide in a mountain. And, and if we did, if we, if we w- would go hide in a mountain, what would we be doing? We wouldn't be being light in the darkness. So he says, in, so we see here, in, in addition to Demas hurting himself, this is what I want you to think about. And I think this is what I think about a lot. It's, it's one thing to just hurt the church. One thing just to hurt a person. But to hurt God, that should hurt us. I don't want to hurt God. Yeah, we make mistakes. We fail sometimes. We, we fall into temptation. We, we get angry. We do something we wish we wouldn't have done. But if we would just think, man, God, I don't want to hurt you. Because that very thing that we did to hurt him, he, he went to the cross for. He went all the way and paid a price of his life for that. Demon robbed, de- sorry, Demas robbed the world of righteousness that he was living in. And think about this. This is important. I'm closing. He snuffed out another desperately needed light. When somebody goes back to their old ways, because think about this. If they were never saved, they never had a light. So you know, there was never a difference. They were never set apart. If they never gave their life to the Lord and never bore fruit in their lives, they were ne- the light bulb never came on. But how sad is it when somebody goes back to their old ways, doesn't set themselves apart anymore, and that light blows out. What happens is that light that goes out that was supposed to affect somebody else now doesn't affect that person. Then that person that was supposed to affect somebody else doesn't affect the person they're supposed to affect. And it's a trigger effect down the road. Think about who helped you come to Jesus. Think about the person who led you to the Lord. If their light wouldn't have been on, you wouldn't be saved. Thank God that light was on. And, and the light you saw drew you to that, to Jesus. But if you aren't set apart, that light gets snuffed out. I want to th- close with this thought. It's, someone says, every Demas who leaves the truth makes it a little more difficult for Cornelius to learn the truth. That's a guy in the Bible, right? Or some Tom, Timothy to be taught. So I don't just affect myself. I don't just say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and choose this world over God. I'm going to go ahead and have eternal separation from God. But I'm also hurting other people because people are watching me. So we've got to set ourselves apart. A city set on a hill. Last verse. Write it down, Matthew 16, 24 to 26. Jesus says to the disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? 
Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So the Bible says that we should be in 2 Peter 3.14. We should be looking to be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. Father, I ask you tonight, my own personal life first and foremost, that I would be set apart in everything that I do. Father, help me to be different. Help me to be light in this dark world. Lord, the more dark it gets, your word says that when sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Tonight, Lord, we need our our young people to, to be set apart. We need our people at work to be set apart. We need all of us as a church to shine, to just do some, some of those little things that make a difference. Think about other people. Think about those that are hurting. Try to go out of our ways to be an example of love. Help us tonight, Jesus, to be set apart, to have that mental picture that I want, I'm, I'm, a, I'm above and not below, that I'm the head and not the tail, and that, Lord God, I'm a holy priesthood, a holy nation. Lord, I am chosen by you. I am special tonight in your eyes. Tonight as you're praying, my prayer for you is that you would know you're special. You're special tonight. You're important to God. He paid a price for you. And now you're royalty in God's eyes. You're, you're, I say it all the time. You're a part of the greatest enterprise in the world. The kingdom of God. We are children of God tonight because we've put our faith in Jesus. How many all over this place tonight? In your spirits, you don't have to raise your hands, but you just say, God, I want to be even more set apart. I want to be different. I want to live a life. I want to have a thought life. I want to act in a way that sets me apart from everybody else, that, that makes me different and makes me unique. Let that be your prayer tonight. As we stand tonight, let's go ahead and stand to our feet. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this place, nobody moving around, just and staying in reverence to God. Tonight, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you haven't confessed with your mouth that he's Lord, if you haven't confessed your sins, you're, you're in the darkness. You might be a good person. You might have a lot of love in you. You might do right things, but the Bible says that our righteousness is filthy rags. It's not about how good we are. It's about how forgiven we are. Tonight, if you're here and you do not know the Lord Jesus, if you've never said a prayer that says, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I need a Savior, and that's you tonight, and you need to say that prayer, the Holy Spirit's dealing with you tonight. I want you just to lift your hand up and put it right back down all across this place and say, would you pray for me tonight? I do not know Jesus. If I passed into eternity tonight, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. Eternity's forever. I feel like waiting just for a few seconds. I'm not ready. You might say, man, I got so much I got to do, so much I got to change. You'll never be able to change enough to be still good enough to be accepted by God. God does not accept you out of your merit or out of your goodness. He accepts you as he sees the blood of Jesus in your life.
the shed blood that Jesus shed on the cross for you. He paid a price for you. How many would say, that's me. Pray for me tonight. I need to be saved. Maybe you're here and you at one point knew the Lord. You're a Demas. You've forsaken him tonight. You've gone back to your old ways. You've gone back into the darkness. And tonight, you need to come back into the light. Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. Just lift your hand and put it back down. God sees you tonight. He knows where your heart is. He knows where your life is. He knows your situation. Amen. We're going to sing a song tonight. In just a minute, as we get to the altar, we'll we'll pray for our our teens and anybody young that's uh, single tonight for purity. We'll take just a, a couple minutes at the altar. But as we begin to sing...